a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, are Liz and Matt. And before we get into our topic today, which is the sort of the next part of the Bad Batch uh, season one, um, Matt and Liz are, are big fans of the Fast and Furious series. I have committed, and I'm going to commit on air, to be caught up by the time the next movie comes out. But they were just telling me before we started recording, and, I, and so much of that I forced the recording on this, um, <laughs> uh, that there is an extended scene about Star Wars. So ex- yeah, I- I- explain to me what this what this scene is all about. Well, it goes on between um, Charlize Theron, who is one of I, I guess we'll say one of the bad guys, um, and a, a new bad guy. I don't even remember his name. Do you remember his name, Matt? Uh, no, no, yeah. I don't. Yeah, there, there's a number of um, bad guys in this movie, which tends to happen in in the Fast and Furious. Um, and, uh, this new bad guy would like to compare himself to, um, Luke Skywalker, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Charlie Theron, I guess, is a bit more intelligent. Um, and she is trying to flex her, uh, intelligence here. And then he's like, no, I'm more like Han Solo. Um, and then is it Charlize who says he's more like Yoda, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. She's the one who drops it. And then he gets excited about it because, uh. He's also a strong Jedi master to which she corrects him and lets him know that, no, he is a puppet with someone's hand up his ass. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, that isn't the hard hitting content you come to Force Coast Coast to Coast for. I don't know what is. So thank, <laughs> thank you guys for sharing that update into the ever important fast verse. Is that do we have a name for that universe? Uh Let's call it the fast verse. Yeah, fast verse. Also, not the first time we've talked about it on the show, which is no, you know not. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure, the, the fast verse. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. If something brings you joy, it brings you joy. <laughs> Thank you. This is the way go. it is. That's that's how I can say to myself, like you know, I like a fancy dinner, but I also love White Castle. Right? Mm-hmm. If it brings you joy, it brings you joy. Anyway, uh, we are here to talk about The Bad Batch. So when we last spoke, we had talked about episodes one through four of The Bad Batch. And we are now uh, into up to episode 10. Episode 11 uh, is going to drop the day this episode drops. Um, and we will talk about the the last episodes of the season when the season is over. But a lot kind of happens in the uh, six episodes that we have not yet discussed. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to start with Matt on this one because... Matt, you are the OG Clone Wars fan on the show yeah. here. And I, I feel like for some reason, I never put together in my head that the Bad Batch was going to be this much of a sequel series. Like, I knew that there was going to be characters that would carry over. I was mm-hmm. not sort of aware of how many characters were going to carry over. So has this been a pleasant surprise for you? Or do you feel like it is sort of walking too much in the shadow of the clone wars just yet, just yet no i th- i think because it is a direct sequel and it there's not a lot of um <clears throat> just throwing characters in 
for namesake. I think that's where like Rebels gets in trouble sometimes, just throwing in a character like, oh, here's Leia, because it's before Star Wars proper, so she's around, um, or Chewbacca showing up in everything. This mm-hmm. is actually carrying forward some major characters and minor characters storylines. So I think it it works because it has a reason to fit into the story. And it really is reasonable for them to be popping up in the situations they are. I think that's also where Star Wars can get frustrating is the situation just so implausible because it's an entire universe. And how do these three characters keep meeting? Right. Um, but everything just feels natural in the way the characters are coming together. So I didn't mind it at all. Liz, do you feel like this is um, – would this be totally impenetrable to somebody who never watched The Clone Wars? Um, well, that's a good question. I, I don't think so. Um, I, I was excited when, you know, Cad Bane showed up, but I, I don't think it would be um, confusing to someone that hasn't seen The Clone Wars. It, it seems obvious what, you know, Cad Bane's job is. Um, I, you know, it's obvious he's, you know, some sort of bounty hunter, just like it's obvious what Fennec Shan's job is here if you hadn't seen her before. Um, so no, I, I, I think, you know, this show, you know, you could follow if you hadn't seen Clone Wars before. I, I think I agree with that, but I, I would also say that I think that this show is so much richer if you have seen the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, um, I'm sure that there are things that you could pick up on here and there, but there's also a lot of characters that you feel like you maybe aren't getting the full picture of who they are if you haven't watched the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought uh, when, when, when we saw the sisters, I was initially disappointed. I was like, oh, I mm-hmm. thought you were getting out of this life. Um, how are they still you know, thieving and conniving. And it's like, oh, no, they they found a cause. They're doing their thing. That's cool. Right. Um, you wouldn't have that realization were you just to come in fresh, but you would know enough that they're, you know, they're rebels, and that's good enough. Right, right. True, I, I forgot about them already. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, those are... Of all the characters that were brought back, those were sort of the most minor ones. Uh, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about all of this in, in a few minutes. But... Uh, my sort of last preamble question here is, you know, one of the things that Star Wars loves to do is to release things out of order in terms of like in terms of their of their own chronology. Right. So, you know, um, we we got, you know, three films initially. Then we had three films set, you know, 20, 30 years before those films. Then we got films after all that. So when when the Clone Wars ended, Rebels started. Then we went back to the Clone Wars, and then we're going back to the period between Rebels. <laughs> Do you guys think that this would work better as like, in the future? You know, when when um, you know my kids' kids get into Star Wars because old Grandpa Brian is telling them they have to get into it, <laughs> or he's not going to give them candy or some shit. Like, do you think that for, <laughs> that for them it would be better to watch this before Rebels? Or is release order always the best way to watch Star mm-hmm. Wars? Uh, I think putting this before Rebels might be a good idea. Um, I think it sets up the 
world that Rebels exists in. Mm-hmm. Because when we see Rebels, we, you know, we're in a very, you know, locked down Empire, you know, fascist setting. Um, seeing how we get there, I think, is a good experience. I've only watched four episodes of Rebels, so I'm going to wind up watching Bad Batch before I watch Rebels. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. So I'll I'll let you know. Okay. That's a, it's an excellent experiment in real time. Um, <laughs> yeah. I You know, I want to save some of my I, – I made a list of like 20 questions I had that were sort of like general overall Bad Batch questions. But I want to save a lot of those for the end of the season because I think some of the stuff that I ask may be – I don't want to say resolved by the end of the season, but certainly addressed by the end of the season. So mm-hmm. um, what I'd like to do now is, is just, just sort of go through episode by episode and just talk about each one and see if there was anything that, you know, stood out to us or talk about favorites or least favorites uh, from from the uh, the season so far. So the first episode that we have not talked about yet um, is episode five, which is called Rampage. Uh, in this uh, episode, we are introduced to a, a couple of characters that are going to make an impact on the on the show. More than any other, we get um, Sid, and Sid is a Trandoshan, and we get the. I believe they they specifically say that she was a Jedi informant, and mm-hmm. so she, she is a a character who is going to very much act as sort of the. Uh, the in-story reason for a bunch of these episodes, like she's sending the Bad Batch on missions. They are, um, they are living, like they are basically squatting in her, in in her bar slash house, and they're working off. They're paying off their debt to her by going on these missions. Um, she is voiced by Rhea Perlman of Cheers fame. Uh, oh, no way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the former Mrs. Danny DeVito. Are they still married? I remember they went. No, like, no they separated, and then I think they. Uh, yeah, they did. They, they apparently they are still legally married, but they are separated. I just mm-hmm. googled that right now. Um, but yeah, um, according to uh, People Magazine, uh, they they're closer friends than ever now. Hmm. Look at that. Yeah. Apparently, she has no intention of divorcing him, even though they separated. People are, people are weird. Anyway, um, so so <laughs> Sid is a um, you know a, a sort of interesting character that we meet here. And the first mission that Sid sends the Bad Batch off on is to rescue someone named Moochie. Oh. And we think that Moochie is this child that we see throughout this episode, but nope, Moochie is a rancor. Mm-hmm. Um. I have a couple of specific Rancor questions here. Okay. Do we think that this is the Rancor that Luke Skywalker kills? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It it seems like it. It it hurts. It does, because animated Rancors seem much more adorable than puppet adult Rancors. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand why Star Wars loves to to do this thing to us which is to show us something cute that we yeah. know will become terrible and then kill it <laughs> yeah um, but it happens happens a lot in star wars and again, so. like how much like emotional connection do i want to get with a creature whose 
purpose in life is essentially to eat sex trafficking victims. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I don't want any really. Star Wars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just seemed like I understand if you want to make an episode about a rancor, I get that. They're an interesting creature in a galaxy full of interesting creatures. But why did it have to be about this rancor? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't uh, have to be, but exactly. why didn't do it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it just seems like, again, as we always say, like, everyone is uh, – so, so I saw somewhere online someone said that Star Wars is like New Jersey. It's big, but everyone you meet is somehow someone you know's brother-in-law. <laughs> like, and uh, yeah. and I, I, I feel like, you know, they have to disconnect it, and I wish they didn't, but here we are. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on this besides <sighs> Rancor thoughts? Uh, that laser bow is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yes, that laser bow is pretty cool. Mm. Um, that reminds me of a weapon that we've seen elsewhere, but I cannot recall where we've seen it. Uh, mm. So I am sure it'll come to me at some point, but it definitely does remind me of another Star Wars weapon. Um, mm -hmm. But it is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the old uh, switcheroo where, you know, sometimes we even make assumptions of who needs to be rescued or who's in a certain situation. And it, it's not the helpless kid. It's really just a rancor. It's, mm -hmm. Also pretty mm -hmm. adorable. Yes. <laughs> um, so the next episode is called Decommissioned. And in this one, the Bad Batch goes off uh, again at Sid's bequest to retrieve a tactical droid that can apparently be used to, to, to basically fuck shit up. Um, and they are uh, met there, as Matt mentioned, by the sisters Trace and Rafa, who we met in season six of the Clone Wars, just the, the most recent final season, no, season seven, right? I'm sorry, season seven of yeah. the Clone Wars. Um, they were um, they were paired up with um, Ahsoka in the episodes that were like directly before we got to the end game of Clone Wars. Um, those episodes, I feel like I remember thinking they were. Uh, probably like it was probably a one or two episode arc that was stretched out over to four yeah. and uh mm -hmm. you know i i didn't like fall in love with those characters but i didn't dislike those characters what did you guys think of, of them returning for decommissioned i i i liked that they returned i i did want to know more about them since they were included in so many episodes in Clone Wars. It, it feels like maybe they're given something a little more high stakes here. Um, I didn't necessarily love this episode. I felt like it was one of those episodes where, you know, there's just some sort of chase going on in some sort of fiery situation. Um, but I, I like that they were brought back here and I hope we do see, we didn't see who they were talking to at the end, right? No, we find out in the next episode who we're talking, okay. who we're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's what I thought. All right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I, I like that they were back here, and I hope we see them again. Matt. Yeah. I I I, I like that we're seeing their story going forward. Um. Both because they're interesting characters, and they add a neat dynamic into like the Rebel Alliance because they are anti-Empire, but also. They may have softened on it since with being with Ahsoka, but they're also anti-Jedi mm -hmm. because they felt the oppression of the Jedi, um, but are still willing to fight back against the oppression of the Empire, which is a cool place for them to be. It's just a, di a different angle from 
a lot of our other rebellion people. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I do like that they're sort of, um, <laughs> they are more anti than they are pro. You know, <laughs> there's not really something that you feel like they are, that they fully believe in, but they are certainly willing to fight against the things that they don't believe in. And I think that's actually a fairly accurate way that some people think about life. You know, I don't think mm -hmm. everybody has a cause, but many people have, you know, um, bones to pick or, or however you want to put it. Yeah. My, my issue with this episode has almost nothing to do with the plot of the episode itself or even um, mm -hmm. characters in it. It's just that at this point in the season, it felt to me like the show was kind of treading water. Like, mm -hmm. One of the things that one of the problems I have with with TV in general is that oftentimes a series length is determined by something other than the amount of content that they have for the series. So, like, to me, this was the clear case of like, all right, well, they wanted to get to 16 episodes or whatever they're going to get to. Like they wanted. And so they needed to, to pad these episodes out because there's no reason that this like I don't know why you need a Rancor story and also a sister story when the when the when the the plight of the main characters doesn't get pushed along at all by either of these really you know mm -hmm. uh it, it's fine it's fun it was nice to see these characters again i hope we see them again in the future i just think that this point in the season is for me when the season started to sag a little bit um but luckily the next episode battle scars uh. does something really uh cool and special and matt i, I want you to since you since you audibly uh, are excited to talk about this today, <laughs> yeah. i want you to start talking about battle scars so we um we have we have the minor foreshadowing in uh the previous episode of the fact that wrecker is having some really bad headaches um and we the sisters report back to who we find out is rex that there's a group of rogue clones um, out there doing Lord knows what. So he tracks him down, finds him in Sid's bar, and after making initial contact, realizes that Wrecker's headaches are based on his inhibitor chip. His inhibitor chip is um, malfunctioning, or maybe actually functioning correctly, um, <laughs> uh, and is straight up ready to kill him right there. Um, and we have this moment of, Rex really struggling with the idea that, you know, I've seen what these chips can do. I've seen the damage they can do and you can't fight it. I couldn't fight it. So they come up with a plan that they are going to break into a decommissioned um, Jedi cruiser and uh, perform the removal surgery. Um, and as they do that, we then see the reappearance of Crosshair and it becomes a bad batch v bad batch situation so now i mean i think we all probably presume that rex would show up at some point rex seems like the um the most logical version of the sort of um i don't want to say like he, he, he just seems to me like he's the guy who's going to be showing up throughout all of any story set between end of the clone wars and a new hope i feel like rex is going to be the guy who shows up mm -hmm. because he can he's not as um he doesn't stand out in a crowd as much as like ahsoka does so he can yeah. kind of pass you know pass through places undetected and uh 
you know, I, I, I think that that's a, a good role for him. But that said, it's, it's always nice to see Rex. And I feel like, again, we we don't spend enough time praising D. Bradley Baker as the voice of all of these characters. Yeah. His Rex really feels different than every other clone he is voicing. Mm-hmm. There, there is something wizened about him. There is something just, um, you know, I, I don't even know exactly how to describe it, but there's just, there's, his portrayal of, of Rex has this weight and this history to it that I think is really impressive. Um, Liz, what did you think of this episode? I, I enjoyed this episode. I, I agree with what you said about the previous two, where, I, you know, it didn't really move the story of our, you know, main characters along. And I also thought this episode showed us in a way that, you know, Rex knows what he's doing. And it, it seems like, uh, you know, uh, for our main characters, you know, for Clone Force 99, they're still trying to find their way, what exactly their place is. You know, they left what they were doing you know what they thought their main purpose was within this universe and they're still trying to figure out what their purpose is what they're supposed to be doing yeah and one of the things that i that i i thought was interesting about this episode so i i, I do like the idea of the inhibitor chip and we, we i think i think everybody sort of saw that as a um you know, a Chekhov's gun as the phrase goes check out how the phrase goes we're like you know mm-hmm. if you see a gun on a table in act one it's going to pop up later in the in the thing that's just that's just how how these things work right um and so i i, I figured the inhibitor chip was going to be a, a an issue later on what i really liked about this episode though is i think sometimes we tend to believe that rex and the bad batch and maybe cody are quote special and by that what i mean is that they are um that like they are more because we know them they they of course can withstand the inhibitor chip you know they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're main characters and so they are going to be uh they're going to you know be able to to overcome the the trials that maybe the average clone trooper couldn't overcome what I loved about this episode is it, it, it kind of shoots holes right through that, right? It, it it tells us that no, you know, they are they are just as susceptible to all of this as everybody else is. And if mm-hmm. you don't get that inhibitor chip out of their heads, it, it's it's gonna fuck them up. Like it's it's going to they're going to become the enemy that they, you know, thought that they were going against in the first episode. And mm-hmm. I just liked the I liked the the I think that both humanizes all the other clones because it's not sing- singling out these clones, but it also it also just shows the sort of fragility of of this whole idea. Like I I, I don't know I, I I found this episode very I I found it gave me a lot more empathy. It's not empathy. That's I've I've never been a clone with an inhibitor chip in my head. Um, it just it just it just gave me. A, a greater insight into their lives. And I really appreciated yeah. that. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And to see, and to see arguably one of the strongest characters we've ever seen on screen, just openly say that he stood no chance against it. 
Yeah. And if it wasn't for someone else, he would be, a, you know, an evil zombie too. Yeah, adds adds a level of seriousness to it. Yeah, they are not they're not invincible. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Brian. Yeah, so I I really enjoyed that. Um, all right, well, let's take a break, and when we return, we will talk about the final three episodes thus far of the Bad Batch. Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3 cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, no bad Dandadio impressions, this is bad, what the f***? And an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us and we are back to talk about episode eight of the clone wars reunion um so this is the episode where we really see crosshair return um you know he was teased in the episode before but in this episode we are we really see sort of crosshair going after the Bad Batch for the first time. I keep calling them the Bad Batch. I hate that. Uh, Clone Force ninety nine, <laughs> our hero, something. But I feel like such a shill. I feel like it's 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 just like saying the corporate name instead mm. of the name of the characters. Um, but so this is uh so the Scrapper Guild, uh, which is sort of spying on them as they are in the Jedi old down Jedi warship, tells the Empire that they have seen the Clone Force ninety nine, and so that's what gets this going and. We see that Lama Sue, who is one of the, um, I always forget this species name, uh, Kaminoans, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have hired a a second bounty hunter to retrieve Omega, and uh, that turns out to be Matt's favorite, Cad Bane. Heck yeah! I was I was very excited on your behalf when so Cad Bane returned. I I was watching it early in the morning um, <laughs> uh, before Eileen had woken up and I had yelled and uh, she heard me through the other room and was like, oh, did something good happen in the show? Because you woke me up. It's like, oh, yeah, something good. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so Cad Bane sort of becomes the... Um, the the focal point of the next couple of episodes of the show and while you know we talked about sort of the these characters being natural inclusions into the star wars mythos and i I agree with that like i think that cad bane he's he's an established bounty hunter right so Mm -hmm. us us seeing him again is not like it doesn't. It doesn't feel out of place. It feels like it's like it's possible that that this would be the bounty hunter that would be hired, um, and this sort of connects. You know, it's funny because the Cad Bane is like one hundred percent a Clone Wars character, mm-hmm. but the Kaminoans are really an Episode Two set of characters, and so yeah. this show continues to sort of um, just connect the dots of the prequel era in a nice way. Um, Liz, do you feel the cat? I, I know we all know Matt's feelings on Cad Bane, but do you feel <laughs> like Cad Bane is an is a interesting 
piece of the Star Wars mythology? And and if so, what is it about him that makes him interesting? I, I do feel like he's interesting. And I, I agree. I was excited when he showed up and I was excited for Matt. But I, he's just such a distinctive character. And I, it's just, you know, something about when he shows up and obviously you know he's some sort of space western character you know with his hat and even just the music changes when he shows up his voice the way he talks um and in my mind and i don't know if it's the same for everyone else he seems different than a typical star wars character um i i don't know um but just the fact that he stands out um in that way um i I don't know he just has such a distinct personality um and it changed the episode for me and the season a bit too the fact that he showed up um in a good way Mm -hmm. um i felt like the stakes were raised when he showed up Mm -hmm. um and even later on when he and, um, you know, Fennec Shand were, were fighting, it just felt like uh, the stakes were raised in a way. Um, these sort of two distinctive characters. Um, I, I feel like it really, you know, enhanced um, the, the season here for me. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. I think it's an interesting way to put it. And I, I agree with that. Um, I am sort of shocked we haven't had cad bane become a comic or a novel or i wouldn't be surprised if cad bane gets like a disney plus series somewhere down the road he just seems mm. like such an interesting character and a character that you could you could put in so many different circumstances because he's a bounty hunter mm-hmm. you know you can you can have him hunting down all sorts of interesting characters so yeah. um yeah, yeah I, he's he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, also because and the, the reason being, um, he was introduced in this weird window of the Clone Wars where nobody really cared what was going on there, so you somehow were able to get an actual villain, somebody right. who comes in is a full blown terrorist, takes senators hostage, murders people, um his own crew and just like librarians um <laughs> like he he's allowed to be evil he brings a sense of menace that no one else does um like you're supposed to assume that darth vader's really scary you saw him choke a guy once um but it doesn't always pan out so yeah right. yeah i that's that's very well said that mm-hmm. that is absolutely what part of what makes him such an interesting character um okay so then you know episodes uh seven and eight i'm sorry eight and nine rather deal with cad bane Mm -hmm. um but we also get a sort of more information about omega here and we haven't talked a lot about (laughs) omega um throughout this episode and part of that is because omega more or less acts as just the bait for this show, a lot of ways, you know, she is who everybody is after. We don't get a ton of time, like, exploring what it is that makes her tick because I don't think we really <laughs> – uh, how can I say this? 
I don't know how much is really under the hood there, you know, just because, just because she's a kid, right? Like we don't, we, we don't, we don't spend a lot of time with her, with her like inner monologue because I don't think there's, oh, it's just hard to know sort of what, it's hard to know if, if she's an enhanced clone or if she's just like a kid, but we find out that she yeah. is like, she is essentially a female clone of Jango Fett, making yeah. her, I guess, the biological twin of Boba Fett. That was my question. Yep, yep, she is. Although she she seems younger than Boba, correct? Correct, and smarter. Um, well, so I, mean, that's I don't not know. Hard. I yeah. mean, I guess she was also like went to Kaminoan school. They're all like medical doctors as opposed to just running around with Django, I guess. Right. <laughs> that might help. More likable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was... So, it, okay. They kept dropping, and in that episode, they had some nice touches where, like, they referred to her... Uh, Cad Bane refers to her as the asset, which mm-hmm. makes sense being that she's the bounty, blah, blah, blah but also links her to Grogu because that's the only other time we really use that word. Right. So we're like, oh, it's another clone that they want the genetic material from. We're going someplace maybe interesting. And it's like, no, we just need her DNA because it's a stable piece of DNA from Jango Fett because for some reason we want all of our clones to be Australian and <laughs> that's it. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, why does she have that accent if she didn't grow up with anyone? Yeah. <laughs> genetic, space genetics. <laughs> yeah, don't question like, it, Liz. It, like, they're, they're seriously, he is like a mediocre bounty hunter from a legendary warrior race where he is clearly the worst one, <laughs> um, if he even is one. So, like, get other genetic material. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Like Mandalore still exists. Just get a get get some Rao DNA. You can make really badass warriors then, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's I, I mean look, I, I understand the sort of I understand the idea of people like Boba Fett. People want more Boba Fett. People also want things to not just be about white men. Let's give them a sister. There you go. But it's just, I mean, to me, Omega is less interesting as Boba's sister than she was beforehand. Yeah. And I think that's the exact opposite of what people, of what the producers of the show wanted. Right? They they, they wanted people to, like, be like, fuck yeah, Boba's sister. And that's not at all how I feel. Yeah. Uh, I, so the one moment where I was like, oh, this might be interesting. What if um, Shand is actually working for Boba Fett and Boba Fett's trying to rescue his sister? And they're like, nope, it is just about her DNA for the Kaminoans. It's like, okay, never mind. <laughs> That's okay. Let that plot line go out the window. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But do we do we think we're going to see Boba by the end of the series? The the series or the or the or the season? Oh, is there multiple seasons of this? I mean, there might be. I I, oh. I, I think we're going to have multiple seasons for this. Oh, okay, mm. yeah. Well, that 
I, I, the, the question has less oomph then. I don't know if by the end of the season, but if we do have another season, we'll definitely see him, in my opinion. I think so as well. Yeah, this yeah. is like late teen Boba at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Liz? Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like we will. Um, if we've seen the Rancor, you know, then why won't we see Boba? That's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to see Boba. I do. No. Um, I don't necessarily love the fact that we're going to see Boba. But, you know, look, I actually think that uh, we, 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 have, we have in the past sort of tagged uh, Star Wars for missing certain opportunities. And I feel like this is a good example of them actually like making the best of their opportunity. The book of Boba Fett is debuting in December. Mm-hmm. Having young Boba and old Boba in shows at the same time is, is pretty good. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. corporate alignment of whatever. And I hate shit like that, but you know, I, I hate the fact that we have to think about that. I, I would, I long for <laughs> the days when I can just enjoy star Wars and not think about stuff like that, but that's just not, mm-hmm. that's just not how my brain is wired. Unfortunately. Yeah. Instead, um, focus on the fact that his name was Alpha, and then they change it to the tapioca balls that come in a uh, tea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, all right. So that that brings us up to episode ten, common ground. Mm-hmm. And, oh wait, uh, one. Can I can I oh, add sure, one more oh, erroneous point? Yeah. Did anybody else pick up the RoboCop um, line from Cad Bane? No. Did he say I, I buy hope... that for a dollar? Uh, no. It was the yeah. Uh, augmented for star wars by hook or by crook you're coming with me okay yeah the dead or alive you're coming with me from robocop that was top notch wow i love a good robocop reference Mm. (laughs) um i i had like i feel like all kids of our general age were aware of robocop when like in the 80s and early 90s but i didn't see robocop as an adult until like two or three years ago Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's a really good movie. It is a really it good is. movie. Yeah. Uh, we are a pro Robocop <laughs> podcast. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that brings us to Common Ground. Um, well, which... that is Common Ground that we have. About yeah, is. Exactly. There we go. Um, <laughs> I like how we just keep adding these taglines like pro LGBTQ, <laughs> pro Fast, Fast and the Furious, pro Robocop. <laughs> If we can combine all three of those into a flag, that would be. Oh man! Imagine if RoboCop was the star of like Fast Sixteen or something, where they just, you know, he shows up and is just, uh, just you know, uh, you know, where Dom is basically like, you know, uh, even though you're a robot, you're still family, and then you're family. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a boy can dream. A yeah. boy can dream. Yeah. Um, so, common ground. To me, there is there is one very interesting part of this episode, um, which is the fact that we are dealing with some separatist stuff. Mm. The separatists are really interesting within Star Wars because if you really think back on it, the only reason anybody cares about the separatists is because Palpatine wanted to start a war that would allow him to eventually become the emperor. So mm-hmm. the separatists are sort of patsies throughout this whole thing and but we see the clones have a real like a visceral reaction 
uh, from being asked to help a separatist because their whole existence was basically created. They're, they are alive because of propaganda against the separatists. Mm-hmm. And so I find the, the sort of um, tension between the Bad Batch and the separatists really interesting because we know as as viewers that there was never really any any conflict there but they don't know that Mm -hmm. so i found that interesting from this episode Mm. apparently i was the only one okay no no no. (laughs) i just kidding yeah no i was thrown off guard because i was like man that, that episode all i can remember is the chess scenes i had forgotten that that was the a plot to that b plot um which i did like um and them trying to come over their um prejudices and figure out that you know war is war and they were on one side and now they're not um which i do like i mean it, it makes me think back to um liz will know this my favorite like um some of my favorite star trek uh, storylines are with O'Brien and the Cardassians mm-hmm. and trying to get over the scars of that war um, in a very similar manner. Um, so it was interesting to see. I felt I, I don't know if it was pulled off as well as it could have. I don't know how you could have added more depth. Maybe a less annoying robot. <laughs> um, but it was a really, really good um, moment to see. Yeah. Um, speaking about chess, you know, I, I, is there an actual name for this? It looks it is, like there is uh, hollow chess or Dejaric. Yeah, um, Dejaric. Dejaric. There we go, Dejaric. Yeah. Um, but so we see that o- Omega is apparently a genius at strategy, which again, mm-hmm. she got all the brains uh, from <laughs> from this genetic material because. <laughs> Boba certainly is not a uh, strategic genius, at least not uh, in his younger days. Um, yeah. And she she makes enough money that she is able to uh, get basically get out of debt to Sid. And so I don't know. See, he, he, here is where I, I'm I'm putting on my like writer hat versus my viewer hat. I don't know why you would move them out of Sid's area right now because it seems to me like that's a good you don't like, so much energy was put into the first up couple episodes of just like being these people are on the run and you couldn't mm-hmm. tell too many stories that went beyond these people are on the run because you don't because you were worried about finding them safe haven you were worried about finding them a uh, a mission right Sid kind of takes care of all of that from a storytelling structure. Like Sid gives them safe havens. Sid gives them things to do each episode. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I mean I, that said, I'm kind of sick of the Sid situation. So I just think it's, it's 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 kind of a weird. They're in this weird space where I understand why they'd want to keep Sid around for the rest of the season, but I'm also sort of glad they're not. Do you guys have any thoughts about that in terms of like sticking with Sid or going elsewhere? Maybe they will stay, but they keep talking about how they need money. So maybe mm. now they'll be able to just accumulate some sort of wealth. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 
I guess, you know, Sid's okay. And again, I think from, like you said, from a storytelling standpoint, it kind of makes sense for them to be there and just go off um, and, you know, build their story um, and move forward in that sense, as opposed to just sort of moving around the galaxy. I, I don't know, but at least maybe, you know, at this point they could just sort of start gathering their own money, which has been an issue for them mm-hmm. uh, since the series started. Maybe that would make some sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not sure of where we, like where it's going. Yeah. That's the, you know, that's yeah, like where the- I'm uh, unclear on where, what we want to do uh, moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like think. obviously they're going to continue to pursue her, um, but you know, where does that go? Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I, I I think it's interesting to 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 think about sort of what the end game is for this season. If there's going to be another season, to me that really changes sort of the. If there's going to be another season, that very much changes the structure of the rest of this season. If they are trying to wrap up the Bad Batch's story, I feel like we've wasted a lot of time that could have Mm -hmm. been spent wrapping up their story. If this is the start of something new, then I think, or at least the start of, at least there'll be a second season or whatever. I think then they're going to continue with more of these sort of one and done missions mm-hmm. just to, to move things along. Um, I did want to point out that in this 10th episode, we begin to see the Empire already breaking the promises that it said it was going to do. And, you know, the Republic, the, sorry, the, the, the optimism of the Empire being a better version of the Republic is already out the window. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and the the people seem disgruntled already. Yeah, with them, and that's something interesting that could be explored. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, like it, it depends what the shape of this series is, and it's mm-hmm. hard to know that at this point. Um, so now, according you, it's hard to find like a ton of information about. The Bad Batch, because Disney is Disney sometimes is very forthcoming about how many episodes a show is getting, and sometimes they're not. So it appears that though there are sixteen episodes, there are six episodes left, which will put us to the middle of July, I suppose. I mean, it's the middle mm-hmm. of August rather um, for 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 this for these new shows to be coming out. And uh, I'm I'm very interested to see where it goes. I have been enjoying this the series a lot a lot more than I thought I would actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do appreciate the sort of bigger arcs than I do the individual missions. Like when I think back on the last six episodes that we watched in preparation for this, I very much enjoyed those six episodes. But with the exception of one or two times, I don't know if I was like actively enjoy. That's the wrong word for it. I enjoyed each episode. I wasn't like hyped for each episode. Only once or twice did I get like really excited about things mm. that were happening. Um. Yeah, I think the the Cat Bane ones were great, and then some of the other ones were just okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same. 
And I'm trying to think back too, since I watched Clone Wars somewhat recently, I, I feel like I felt the same about the Clone Wars. Um, some of those individual sort of droid episodes as opposed to the larger <laughs> arcs. Um, right, more right. Enjoyable. Sort of, yeah. I think the same thing is happening here. We haven't had any episodes with just no main characters in them yet. So, yeah. Which we get in both Rebels and Clone Wars. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this seems to be better in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, would... I don't know. I don't know. I would agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. I am what what I am interested in is honestly less than even Omega or the Bad Batches storyline or um, Clone Force ninety nine is the Kaminoan storyline. Mm. They are they are devoid in the future of Star Wars. It's like something has to happen there. They're trying to play the long game against the Empire, and it's clearly not going to work. Well, the so. one the one Kaminoan is trying to help. Um, why have I suddenly forgot Omega too? Right? Mm-hmm. It seems so. Yes. Yeah, she doesn't want her captured. Yeah, she almost plays a similar role. To I'm going to forget the doctor's name from the Mandalorian, but. There is the doctor in the mm-hmm. first season who yeah. is um who doesn't want Grogu hurt. He wants to study and help him. Well, help mm-hmm. in quotes, right? Um, yeah. But kind of a similar vibe there. It, yeah. It's funny how Matt mentioned, you know, Cad Bane calling him the asset, calling mm-hmm. her the asset rather, and you know, making that direct connection between Grogu and and Omega. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how the rest of the season shakes out. Yeah, it is. I yeah, because it it seems to be a mystery where where we're headed. Yeah, yeah, and, and and we should probably mention too, since we last recorded the trailer, or at least not a trailer, a a sort of sneak peek at Star Wars Visions was released, um, and that is for those that don't remember, I believe it's going to be nine short films or short episodes done by different uh, anime studios. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to get better at saying anime instead of anime, because if you talk to anybody who really knows what they're talking about, they say anime. Um, oh. Uh, and I, I feel like a dumb white boy for saying anime. Like, anime. Mm-hmm. Um, but so... Japanimation? Uh, yes, Japanimation, as it was called when we were in school. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it, it looks to be really interesting. Matt, you and I... Uh, we actually met, we saw each other in person this weekend and we, we talked about how this is going to lead to a lot of what actually is Star Wars conversations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it looks like some of these stories are going to be brand new some are going to be maybe adaptations on older stories mhm yeah it, it looks really really cool and again i'll i'll throw this gauntlet very early these are probably some of the truest visions of Star Wars Considering Star Wars really is a samurai film. So, yeah, yeah seeing people re-envision it in its truest form is going to be awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how long the episodes are going to be uh, in terms of you know episode length. I do know that they're all being dropped at once. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to cover them like the Friday after their, their release. They're releasing on a Wednesday. So I don't yeah. know if we're going to have time to watch, you know, if they're three minutes a piece, 
and it's a half hour's <laughs> worth of content, then yes, we can cover it two days later. Mm-hmm. But if not, maybe we'll have to do a special episode or something just to cover that when it when it comes out. Um, but anyway, until then, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode. And uh, until then, please go to multiversitycomics.com uh, for all your Star Wars and comics needs. And remember, the Force will be with you always. Thank you.